This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. So welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. As our podcast audience continues to grow, these tech episodes have really been among the most popular. We're back with another one today and a new take on mechanical harvesting. Of course, I have my trusty tech episode co-host with me, the chair of the technology committee, Mr. Rod Cook. Rod, welcome back. How you been? Hey, I've been fantastic, Casey. How about yourself? Great. Great to have you back on the show again. Let's talk a little bit about what we have for our listeners today. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited today. You know, oftentimes these ideas or new technology, it really isn't new technology. It's kind of rehashing old or applying something that's been used for years in, in some place else in ag that all of a sudden somebody has that inspiration and, and brings it forward. But today, you know, the, the equipment we're going to talk about, yeah, there's some aspects of it that are sort of reinvention of what has gone before, but there's also a lot of really new novel ideas in this. So we're going to be working with Finefield Harvest Company out of the Netherlands, and we've got one of the inventors, company owner, Marcel Balen, and we also have a North American grower and I believe a North American distributor now uh, because they like what they saw so much. Uh, we've got Dean Mertz from the Klassen uh, Blueberry Farm in British Columbia. Very good. Rod, just tell maybe when did you first hear about Finefield? Well, Finefield, I think, and Marcel, I'm going to ask him to share with our growers, but it goes back a few years and really comes out of the Dreesen Brothers operation with a, a harvester that was called Easy Harvester. It was really a what we would call a hand assist. It's a frame system. And anyone who came to the first symposium may remember we did have a grower in the audience that had used the equipment extensively in Australia and stood up and gave a, a wonderful description of how they used the equipment and things like that. So that company has evolved into a fine field. And so we're kind of excited and, and they've got some new equipment and uh, more mechanized systems well beyond what was originally involved in the Easy Harvester. Are they just blueberry specific or is this a multi-crop technology interest? Well, like the initial uh, harvesters, this was really designed for blueberry growers, sort of by blueberry growers almost. And it's evolved from there. And, and you know, anything with a berry type of fruit could probably use this kind of thing. This certainly was designed originally as a blueberry machine. But um, like everybody, you know, you've got to expand that market. So I'm sure people in the coffee industry and maybe even the olive industry, like all the other harvesters, will probably find this of value because of the way it actually does some really neat collection of the fruit. We'll get into all that. Yeah, well, I'm, and I'm looking forward to digging in uh, with our featured guests. But before we do, 
Let's take a quick break for our crop report. As most of you know, we're currently in that transition phase as Chilean produce production continues to wind down. We're looking forward to this return of our domestic crop. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time now for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry areas around the globe. Today you'll hear from Just Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on March 10th, 2021. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Luis from Pro Arandanos with the Peru crop report for week uh, nine, which is the week ending on March 7. Uh, so Peru, it's reaching the end of its season. Up until this point of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 357 million pounds worldwide, which represents an increase of 35% versus the volume shipped during the previous season. From this total volume, 53% has been shipped to the US, 35% to Europe, 11% to Asia, and less than 1% to other destinations. During week nine, Peru uh, shipped a total of 0.8 million pounds, a slightly higher amount than uh, last year when we shipped 0.6 million pounds during the same week. From the volume shipped last uh, week, 87% uh, was shipped to the US, 9% to Europe, and a reminder to other destinations. Uh, so that's the report from Peru. Peru is reaching the end of its season with uh, uh, small volumes over the uh, next couple of weeks. Thank you. Well, I want to thank our colleagues from around the world who take the time to participate in these crop reports. As Chilean produce production continues to wind down, we're looking forward to this return of our domestic crop and those familiar voices from last year's reports. But for now, let's hear more about this fine field harvester, Rod. Uh, why don't you kick things off by introducing our guests? Absolutely. Got uh, both Marcel Bellen and Dean Mertz uh, here. Marcel's one of the co-inventors and owners of the Finefield Harvesting System and the company in, in the Netherlands. Marcel, why don't we start with you? We briefly discussed Easy Harvester to begin with, but why don't you give us a, a better introduction to yourself and, and the company, how long you've been in business, where the ideas came from, those kind of things. Yeah, first of all, thank you, Rod, and also thank you for the great introduction. But for one thing, I don't dare to take the, the credits, and that's being an inventor. Our team has much smarter people than, than I am, so let me introduce us. Starting with myself, um, I'm director of Finefield these days, but uh, started my career in a completely uh, different field. I think back then, with a university degree in, in economics, I started in the financial markets, then switched to IT, but basically now I came back to, uh, to my base, and that's the uh, agricultural sector. And uh, yeah, looking at the company, I think this detour is also a nice introduction to, start, uh, to the start of our company. Finefield was founded in 2018. You already mentioned 2012, but that was at then, that time the Easy Harvester. Uh, that name switched to uh, Finefield in 2018. And it was founded by the, by the Driesen Brothers. Uh, they own a blueberry farm over here, and they are farmers for more than 30 years now. Uh, next to them, we have Peter Geurts, who owns uh, an engineering company. And we have Mike Janssen, who owns a construction workshop. And yeah, I joined not as an inventor, obviously, but uh, for the general management. But yeah, looking at that, I think we uh, all took a little detour in beginning uh, business and robotic harvesting. Having said that, having this team, I think, makes also that we uh, were thinking out of the box when designing this harvester. And in addition, I think with having this small team, we also were able to bring this invention uh, quickly to the market. 
Having a, a grower in the team makes that you can test very quickly. Having a good engineer makes that you can draw things very quickly. And having someone who can basically make what he sees makes, <laughs> makes it easy to test. So that's the process we are in since 2018. And uh, looking at where we are now, I think 2018, we started with designing. 2019, we had our first uh, prototype and we tested it at the end of the season then. And last year we had four pre-production models and we tested them with pilot customers. And um, I think with quite some success, uh, but also with some, some uh, mechanical failures, uh, obviously. And we were able to solve them uh, during the winter period this year. And now we have uh, sold uh, several production models in uh, Europe and also one to Canada. In the end, if you look at the company Finefield at, uh, at the moment, I think uh, you could call us a startup in the harvesting market. But I think uh, also a startup with the ability to scale and also to deliver and service uh, internationally. That's a great, great introduction. It really is interesting. I know domestically here in North America, probably from that uh, 2018, I can't remember the year exactly, but there was a brief presentation at an Oregon uh, blueberry meeting and man, it was just a buzz <laughs> with uh, who are these people, where they come from and everything else. So it's, it's great to have you live and uh, great to have watched the progress. That tuned me in initially to some of these really revolutionary ideas that are coming across. Can you kind of just briefly talk through a couple of the most unique aspects of, of your machine and what are these uh, novel ideas that you guys feel really set Vinefield apart? Let me try to explain uh, that. It's quite maybe difficult, but in the end, uh, everything starts, I think, with, with the question. And this question obviously came from uh, a couple of growers. And in our case, these were the, the Driesen brothers. And uh, yeah, basically that question was, why can't we harvest uh, fresh market berries with a mechanical harvester? When we looked at these drivers, uh, for us, it was obvious that we needed to develop a device that could increase productivity on the one hand, but that also could solve the main problem of, of the current mechanical harvesters, and it was the quality and, and the loss of product. And yeah, with that in mind, we said, okay, we need to have a guiding pr design principle. And there, uh, Peter came up with uh, a nice uh, punchline, I would say, no bruising, no losing, he said. That's what we're going for. And next to that, we wanted to build a platform that's flexible and also that's a platform that's sustainable. And with flexible being uh, flexible in the sense that you can use it for hand pick, but that you can also use it for mechanical pick with attaching shaker heads. Yeah, and the sustainable thing is uh, that we think that consumers uh, get more and more conscious about the product uh, of producing foods, and they ask for uh, a green footprint. So, and there the uh, electricity comes in, because we built an, uh, an electrical harvester. So, that's a short introduction. Then, we also had a good close look at, uh, at the loss of berries. And there, the, the catcher plate system, uh, I think, drove our attention. Looking at these catcher plates, uh, when you look at them, yeah, they create basically big gaps around the stem of a plant. And in these gaps, yeah, a lot of berries get lost during, uh, during the harvest. So we decided to use brushes for that. We also patented uh, that system. And I think that gives us uh, basically two advantages. First, these brushes seal the plant completely. So then you will have very little ground loss. And second, these brushes also dampen the impact of a berry when it falls, when it comes off the bush. So we also have very little bruising. 
just to give you an idea how this, this machine works, when these berries come off the bush, they fall on, on these brushes. From the brushes, they roll into a sort of lugs eh, on the side of the machine. And these lugs transport the berries into, uh, to the side of the machine. Uh, there, these lugs open. And when they open, the berries drop into the crates. And in between is still a catching sheet that breaks the fall. Uh, and when they roll into the crates and when they fall, we also use a blower to clean the berries by blowing out the leaves and the twigs. So looking at the, at the complete system, I think we, uh, we have only two drop moments. The first one when it comes off the bush and the second when we put it on the machine in the crate with a result that, uh, that we have very little bruising. Fantastic. Well, we also have Dean Meritz from Klassen Farms. Dean, why don't you uh, do the same thing? Give yourself a little introduction and talk a little bit about the farms. And if you would add to us how you got this involvement with Finefield and those kind of things. Right. Um, so Klassen Farms is the farm that I work for. It's a medium-sized uh, family-owned uh, blueberry farm in Chilliwack. And we direct market our blueberries. A lot of farmers that I know uh, do a lot of packouts, but we actually do a lot of direct marketing. So it's all part of the family pride of uh, a quality product. I joined the team at the farm three years ago as the operations manager. And my career background is more in the areas of construction and maybe mechanics and business. But uh, I did grow up on a farm. So uh, that's where I learned the basis of my entire uh, skill set. All, everybody who grows up on a farm knows that you have to be flexible. You have to know how to adjust to change, improvise, uh, develop strong problem-solving skills. So these things combined with the fact that farming has been in my blood since I was a child. When I joined the farm team, it felt like I had come home. When I, um, when I joined the farm team, our farm was in a pretty difficult situation. We were trying to navigate uh, through a lot of variables. and. I realized that one of our biggest problems that we needed to solve was the cost of labor. I knew that I had to bring that part of our operation into line with reality, so to speak. Yeah, so I, I took a year and I scoured the globe looking for answers. My research led me to contact 26 different machine building companies. I had no idea there were so many of them. And it took me almost a year to get through them all. Uh, I started uh, peppering them with questions, visiting as many of them as I could. And as we've already discussed here, I started realizing that with berry harvesters in particular, there was one standard platform that was being used for building a machine. And I discovered that this technology was actually taken many years ago from a machine that harvested grapes, I understand. We have a couple of those machines at our own farm, so I, I know the quality of the product. I knew that it wasn't suitable for the fresh market that we were trying to sell to. And I was also aware that there was a lot of ground loss. Um, sometimes when I look at the ground loss, I think there must be 15 to 20%. <laughs> it's a lot. Anyway, I discovered that in talking to the different companies that some companies would do a better job of addressing one part of the problem or another thing, but nobody had really rethought this from the ground up. And that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a different approach, something groundbreaking. Uh, eventually, I narrowed my search down to three companies. All three of them were in Europe. 
but fine field, the innovation of fine field stood out above the crowd to me. And I actually decided to take a trip to the Netherlands and see firsthand what was going on. So I can't tell you how impressed I was when I, I saw the technology firsthand. I mean, I had seen it on videos, but to see it working in front of you and to see the care with which they had taken every part of the blueberry machine and they had rethought it from the ground up. Every problem that needed to be solved, they had taken such care and put such detail into thinking the different things through. So that's where the relationship started with Fine Field. I met the team there. Uh, they were extremely gracious to me. And then since that time, we've uh, developed a relationship. And you're talking about the Easy Harvester, which is now the Harvey 200. So we brought uh, a bunch of those machines over to North America last year and marketed them here. Uh, we also used the uh, smaller Harvey 200 machines last year on our farm, and it actually reduced our picking costs by it reduced them down to one third of what they were before. So that that alone is is huge for us. It made all the difference in our bottom line. With the Harvey 500, it even goes further than that. The ground loss problem we were having that they've addressed that in a very unique way. And we're continuing to develop a relationship, necessary foundations on which we can build a North American business model. So that's the story of how I got involved with Fine Field. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Dean. That's very interesting. For any of you listeners who have not seen the video, there are a number of short videos on YouTube. It's really quite different. It's, uh, it's autonomous. Now, you have solar power plates or options, but it is an electric deal. Yeah, it's indeed an option. Uh, you know, we can solar power the, the harvester, and with solar power, it can run basically all day. And next to that, we still have the option to add a small, let's say, generator to it, because there are farmers who want to use it uh, at night. And yeah, then you could get into trouble with the capacity of the batteries. You've done a lot of production planning and things like that. I know in following some of the videos, you were even testing the machine heads and such in fields even after harvest. I mean, you're really running it through to see impact on the bush structure itself and things like that, as well as durability of, of your equipment. How soon before we'll see worldwide distribution? And of course, for our North American friends, how soon before we can, we can see these things running in, in uh, North America? Yeah, worldwide distribution basically starts now. We shipped in May, yeah, in two months, we shipped the first one to uh, British Columbia, to actually to Dean, to Classer Farms. Um, so if you want to see it in action in North America, that's the place to be. Yes, uh, we're very excited to host the very first RV500 in North America this coming season. So yeah, we'll set up uh, we'll set up viewings and demonstrations in the field. And our idea is really to get the word out. Um, I'm very excited to be part of this. And uh, for us, you know, it's it's a dream come true just to to work with this machine. So yeah, I want everybody to see it. That's what we're going to do this year. You know, one thing that never fails to impress me is. The concentration of the crop is is so extreme in the blueberry industry that many growers out there actually work with equipment that they know is not the best in the world. 
but it is the best in service. So building the equipment and shipping, it's one thing, but providing you know, a team of service people, especially when you're looking at such leading edge technology, electric motors, uh, different catching plate system. It's not like somebody's going to go down to the local farm shop and, you know, find bits and pieces that they can weld onto this thing and make it work. Uh, I think service is absolutely key to us. And we started already thinking of that during our design. First of all, we don't use combustion engines or hydraulics. Uh, instead, we use electromotors. And if you look at electromotors, uh, one of the aspects is that they have very low maintenance because they have basically only one moving part. So no maintenance. Uh, next to that, uh, our harvester is connected to the internet. So we are able to read a lot of the errors remotely. With that, we can also help in a lot of cases remotely. And you can always run into mechanical problems, of course. And then we work with, with companies like Klaassen, who know the market, who know the harvester, and who are also close to the market. So uh, I think that's, that's very important. Because we're looking at not only buying a harvester, but do more than that. It's like, okay, thinking in another way of producing. And I think our customers need to be uh, helped in, yeah, in many ways to reach their goals. In so many ways, it's like this is the Tesla of the blueberry harvester industry. You know, what you're proposing here is, a, in a way, the autonomous piece of it, the, you know, electric. Uh, obviously, those sound like uh, really strong upsides. And yet, you know, I know you talked a little bit about what it's going to be like in the dark uh, and issues there. But I guess maybe this question is for Dean about, you know, how nervous are you about driving an autonomous vehicle? Right. That's a good question. I, I do want to just, uh, factor in on on the service aspect. I'm actually planning on taking some comprehensive training with Finefield this spring on the operation repair and maintenance of the Harvey 500 in advance of the arrival of our own machine. This training is also going to include at least one other lead service technician from our machine division. And uh, we're doing this in anticipation of setting up the best service department for a machine company anywhere in North America. That's our number one goal. We're very aware that service is key. Nobody wins if we sell somebody machine and then leave them stranded in a field full of ripe berries if something goes wrong. So that that's part of our plan. We're working on that. And as far as, like I said before, I, I don't feel nervous about this machine. I actually feel very confident. I know that, uh, Finefield has done an awesome job of putting this thing together. I tried to get one of these machines last year and they wouldn't give me one. The reason, because they didn't feel confident enough that if they would send it to me and I had a problem of some kind that they could help me adequately. They're very, very conscious of rolling a machine out that's bulletproof. They've been working hard on that. So I actually appreciate them holding off until they were good and ready, until they felt confident. Yep. Are there other things you'd like to cover, key points you'd like to bring up, make sure that our listeners have the best information possible from you guys? Yeah, I was just thinking, and I was just triggered also by Casey uh, about his uh, Tesla story. <laughs> nice one. What I foresee also for, for the future and what we also prepared for is that uh, collecting data will be an important uh, issue next years. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of sensors on this uh, on this harvester and we collect a lot of data 
And we also foresee to provide a portal to, uh, to our customers that presents their data and that they can use to decide on, okay, future uh, directions for, for their yeah, crop growing. And we think there are a lot of opportunities for that. Next to that, you sh- can also use this data to, to prevent uh, maintenance uh, of to do predictive maintenance, I have to say, and then also prevent uh, maintenance, of course. So we see big opportunities in that area too. Next thing, what I wanted to add to the listeners is, is uh, please also check out our website, of course. We have a YouTube channel, uh, a LinkedIn channel. We try to post uh, a lot of information there. But what is most important is if you have questions, just reach out to us. We set up a meeting and we go into every nitty-gritty detail you want to know. And we also... Absolutely curious to hear what your questions are, because I think we can learn a lot from that. And we always try to translate that into uh, our innovations. And that's what what I think we need to do and what will be the base for our company. That's fantastic. Dean, do you have anything you want to add at all? I would just like to say that there is, uh, of course, the Finefield uh, Netherlands website. There's, There's also a North American website. But I do feel like with the future of farming, there's going to be an undeniable green aspect to it. We can't get away from it. In the next five years, with some of the the different um, things that are coming down from our government, it's going to be there. We're, we're going to have to go there. If we don't, we'll be left behind as a farming community. So I actually can't even uh, overemphasize how important the green aspect of this machine is it's autonomous it's solar powered there's nothing else like it with innovation it's the future of our industry we can't survive without it there's a lot of other sectors that are actually ahead especially of where we are in north america Uh, i really appreciate what finefield has done and i would just say keep innovating never stop never think that the job of innovation is done there's always more ground to be taken, so it's critical. We uh, we won't survive if we don't innovate, and uh, that's why I'm so excited to be part of this process. Well, Rod, of all of our episodes, I, I, it's going to become hard to pick your children here. This one was really, really good. Fascinating, actually, to hear from both Marcel and Dean, manufacturer and, and grower. And, and Marcel's a grower. I, I don't know that he really spent a lot of time on that point, but fascinating really to hear what's happening and uh, really appreciate those guys sharing their time. So let's just start, Rod, with you. What, what are your key takeaways from today's discussion? Well, I think this checks the boxes, as they say sometimes, with really, truly innovation that has been applied to an age-old problem. And it's done in a very unique, novel way. It really is kind of, maybe not the first, but it, it really goes back to kind of the beginnings and rethinks the whole process of trying to machine harvest for fresh. I just think the novel approach here, it was grower driven, which I also like. The Dreesen brothers initially, these are blueberry growers on a pretty big scale in Europe. and you know, they had a serious labor problem, as we all do, and uh, they got some really smart guys together and have driven this idea forward, and it's gone through a lot of iterations, and uh, what they have seems to be 
really, really innovative. I was really glad to hear about their commitment to service because obviously you can invent a lot of things, but if you can't service it, it frankly doesn't do anything for our growers. And so that was really important to me as well. So you've got innovation, you've got a commitment to service, you know, now let's just make sure it works. I don't know if I caught Marcel off guard with the Tesla comment, but it was just, I recently had a friend who was, you know, selling me on the fact that he bought a Tesla and and how he wasn't going to have to put brakes on it for a hundred thousand miles. And he was just kind of going. And so as I was listening to Marcel talk about, you know, the boxes, this thing checks for, you know, obviously the Tesla in the consumer market, but for what growers might be thinking about for their labor issues or the, you know, autonomous nature of this thing and it running, you know, potentially day and night. It was just interesting to hear, you know, some of those same arguments being used for the electric aspect of this harvester. I thought that was fascinating. I thought it was also just interesting to hear kind of that evolution of thought on where they see this going next and next and how big and how far and and just having somebody like Marcel working so closely with a grower in Canada talking about one debut leading to potentially many. So uh, it was just really fascinating to just kind of get this conversation going here with Finefield about this unique piece of equipment in the blueberry industry that I think, as you know, ends up connecting dots with other ways, other parts of our business run to eventually be similar. I was thinking about that too. Like what else aren't we doing with some of these other technologies that could be deployed in other areas of our industry? So again, I love that part where Dean was talking about, we just got to keep innovating bringing the innovation forward is going to be bringing the innovation forward and we can't stop now. It's, uh, it's, this industry is too important. The challenges we face are too big and, and we just need this kind of creative thought bringing products like this to our market so we can continue to, to drive blueberries forward, which is what it's all about. So, I'd, I'd like to just put in one quick plug if I can, Casey. We're going to have an hour-long session coming up in the spring meeting. On Thursday, uh, March 18th, as part of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council's spring meeting, uh, we're going to kind of do a little review of some of the podcasts, but we're also going to talk about a number of the uh, new technologies like Finefield that we are going to uh, be uh, looking to invite to our, our fall symposium. And so I want to make sure that we invite all the listeners to uh, to tune in to the U.S. HBC meetings and uh, especially for uh, our tech uh, portion of that concurrent session. Yeah, it's going to be great and uh, looking forward to seeing virtually everybody this spring. So make sure to visit blueberryevents.org. You'll see uh, the tech teaser the Rod's talking about and more by visiting blueberryevents.org. So please make sure you register again, Rod. Fantastic episode. I can't wait to hear from those who found the episode as interesting and intriguing as I did. And I'm sure we're looking forward to the next one already. So thank you, Rod. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. I actually appreciate them holding off until they felt confident. And so with that confidence comes confidence on my end as well. A little bit of nervousness on my end, but anyway. (laughs) That's right.